0: Welcome, this talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org.
1: So welcome, everyone. It's good to see you. This Wednesday we some of us got to see each other in person and sit in the park any who was there? Anybody in this group? yeah, a few of you. It was really lovely to see people in person in real time. <laughs> it was quite lovely to do that, and I hope we can do that again and um I was um telling Don before we started the sit that um I'm Uh, Setting a goal for myself to sit in the morning, first thing in the morning, uh, there's such a tendency to want to um, turn on the news and read the papers right away with all of the events going on and not starting the day with sitting. And I noticed that that impacts the mind having recently been on retreat there's a real joy in sitting in a group early in the morning so i'll be sitting uh, monday through thursday this week at 6 30 and you're welcome to join me on zoom if you would like to take that challenge and you could sit for as long as you like so i'll post that link okay Um, and you'll see it on facebook and If you wanna email me or uh, text me, I can send you the the link as well. Um, So you can see it on on Facebook. So um, I wanted to talk about um, cultivating joy and happiness in difficult times. Anybody notice any difficult times that we're going through these days? Anybody here having uh, some um, anxiety or worry or stress over it? Yeah. So so maybe a sentence or two about how it's feeling for you right now. Just a sentence or two. Anybody want to share on that? Okay, I'll do it for you. <laughs> you know, we can list uh, all the things we're all going through right now. We've, we have um, fires going on and um, a still the pandemic, and social injustice, the, um, the ongoing battle with uh, racial injustice. and now the Supreme Court and an election that is uncertain to some degree. So much is difficult in our world these days. Much is difficult in the world these days. And I wanted to talk about the practice of mudita, appreciative joy, as a way to combat the mind states that are more stressful or anxiety-ridden or we're we're lost in sadness or concern, we fall in this hole. Um, Mudita is a practice to really help with some of these mind states. And I'm still actually on a retreat, which is a funny thing. This is a longer retreat. And um, so we're meeting every day from um, the the IMS teachers in Barrie and today uh this week we did some mudita practice and i thought it would be great to share it with you some of these comments come from guy and sally armstrong some from myself but uh the brahma viharas are a great buddhist practice and uh, together we've practiced loving kindness uh, compassion The next one is mudita, appreciative joy or sympathetic joy. And the last one is equanimity, which is known as the most difficult and a result of doing the other three practices. Mudita leads to ease and calm and a present moment softness of being. So it's a great practice for a difficult time. It's very easy to get caught up in feelings of fear, anger, frustration, despair, despondency. Um, And we know that um, neurologically, there is a tendency for the brain to focus in more on um, problems and things that are causing us anxiety and to ruminate and loop on it, to just perseverate on it. That's a really natural thing that the brain does It's default network mode. And uh, where the mind is trying to solve problems and no matter what happens and so much is happening, whether it's the pandemic, the election, uh, social, racial injustice that doesn't seem to end. um, My internal state of agitation does not make the external world any better. Have you noticed that? My worry, my anxiety, um, my fear does not improve any of the above. Um, We can add the climate crisis there too. So um, we um, want to avoid falling into that negative loop. Then do you notice, and I think you do, that um, when we're in that negativity and agitation and frustration, the body responds with muscle tension, tightness, can almost feel my jaw grip. Uh, It's like the whole body contracts. So it's a contraction of the body and a contraction of the mind. And actually the Buddha uh, said, that when we dwell like this, it's an unwise attention. And for me, um, it's an unwholesome state of mind that we're cultivating. And I must say that I thought that was the way mind should work. We should be worried about problems, read all the time, uh, think about it all the time, try to solve it in our heads and not let go. And that was being a responsible citizen. You know, or a responsible parent or a responsible adult, dwell on what's not working and try to fix it. Um but it actually, in Buddhist mind, we can cultivate these unwholesome states. And Guy Armstrong reminded us this week that the Dalai Lama is one of the most joyful and happy people he knows, uh, as an example. And uh, this is uh, someone in exile. Who uh, saw so much um, violence and destruction uh, of of the Tibetans around him and had to flee, and he said something like, "You know, there's just no point in worrying. If you can do something, do it. And if you can't, let it go." I mean, well, is it if it were that easy, then we would all just do it. But he really is um, giving us an example of turning the mind into calm and ease, even when things are not going well. And uh, it's like when we fixate and dwell in this way with negativity, anger, despair, um, the mind goes out of balance for practice. Um, and we we stop and we forget to see what is going well. So mudita is like a corrective. We deliberately bring into focus what is going well. Things that are going well. When I started practicing um, Buddhism many, many years ago, I just had this fantasy that I would meditate and everything would go well. I don't know why. I just had this fantasy. You know, I'd be this calm, you know, woman on the cushion going oh and life would be like very sweet. I don't know why. I saw, you know, forests and yoga and sunsets. I mean, I really had a fantasy about practice, I must admit. And in truth, what my practice has really taught me was. Uh, How to practice in the midst of things not going well. How do I practice? How do I maintain concentration, ease, focus? And uh, life since the beginning of practice has been utterly challenging with lots of crisis and lots of difficulty. So the whole focus of practice for me has been maintaining equanimity, calm, balance, centeredness as best as possible and sometimes not. But um, noticing the fruits of practicing when the external world does not match your desire internally, when your internal world and the external world are not friends, you know, things don't match. They're not going the way you want them to. For many of us, it's like that right now. So we want to cultivate uh, positive states of mind for balance and ease. Um, and those positive states of mind of balance, calm, ease lead on where joy and happiness is a foundation for concentration states. And in the Theravadan tradition, we talk a lot about when you're sitting on the cushion and you have concentration, um, there are states that arise that are beautiful states to some degree. One is called piti, which is joy. When the mind is concentrated and still, there's this bubbling of joy. It can be really intense joy, like a a meteorite shower, very bright and intense, or it could just be a very sweet place in the heart, but it's perceivable, this beautiful joy just arises. Uh, And it just fills the room, fills your body. It's such a lovely state and it's impermanent. It comes and it goes, but um, it's a beautiful state of mind. And after piti, what comes is sukha. And suka is uh, like a sweetness. It's a calm, abiding sweetness. So it's not real energetic and not forceful, but it's a place of ease and beautiful sense of relaxation, of a sweet relaxation. All of this comes out of meditation. But what comes out of sukha is a letting go a natural letting go and calming down and a softness and this is the place where wisdom insight and equanimity arise all these beautiful states wisdom insight equanimity lead to freedom nibbana right and so cultivating joy ease calm in difficult times on and off the cushion is one way to um, to stay on the path in a skillful manner. And when we can cultivate this with calm, ease, equanimity, these beautiful states, mudita, it also, if you notice, allows us to be more effective in life and more skillful. So if you are wanting to contribute, to uh, help become a spiritual warrior, to help the world's problems, whether you're choosing to focus on the political issues right now, or the environmental issues, or the racial justice issues, uh, or just caregiving issues in your own life, good parenting, Uh, these states are a support. We're more effective when we're calm and at ease wisdom is more accessible, right action is more accessible, right language and words all more accessible. So how do we cultivate mudita? And really what it is about is, um, bringing joy and calling up joy and reflecting on it with intention. Um, and, uh, Someone once asked the Dalai Lama, uh, they were interviewing him, what his happiest memory is, was, and they, they were looking for a time where he was um, in the temple and, you know, in a temple or studying or with his family or an early life memory, and he said, um, the happiest time in life is right now, <laughs> you know, and we can cultivate that to some degree. Um, And uh, I love that statement because it really makes me feel alive sitting here now. The happiest time in life is now. Now is a beautiful moment. This now is a gem. We're alive and practicing and here. So um, Mudita talks about um, taking joy in our own experience of life as it comes and goes being reflective and open to the joy that's coming in and also to the joy and happiness of others. And I'll say more about that. Um, so one of the things that we can really open to, and this isn't rocket science, you all could give this talk. I know you can, I see the faces here, is um, the the simple joy of um what's going right in your life right now um the joy of a simple pleasure the fact that uh we get to practice together we have time to practice to hear the buddha's words the buddha's teachings and to reflect and grow but that we have shelter we have uh, a roof over our heads and uh, clean water running water and food and everything we need more or less clothing and these needs are taken care of uh someone once asked um they were interviewing uh in a refugee camp and um, they asked um one of the young girls in the refugee refugee camp what are the most important things in life and she said rice fire and water you know we forget how um How in our society still, right? These basic things are not a struggle for most of us, and they are a struggle for many. But for today, for us, they are not. And we can feel that joy and gratitude that we can meet these basic needs and take pleasure in these basic needs, in the good times, in the friendship, in nature, in beauty, Um, and um, the external beauty that we have around us. And also the inner beauty um, the Buddha taught to take refuge and joy in um, the bliss of blamelessness. I love that line, the bliss of blamelessness, the virtues. When we are taking the precepts and we're living our life with the intention of no harm, there's a bliss of blamelessness. To take that vow, I, 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 my intention is not to harm. Uh, to whether that means you, you know, you're going to respect the tiniest sentient beings, bugs and insects. You know, you care for animals. Um, you care about your your speech, your words, your actions, your intention. You set the intention for no harm. There's a bliss in blamelessness. A bliss in blamelessness. Um, there's a joy in, so that's sila, dana, there's a joy in generosity when you're generous with others and you give openly and you help support the sangha, the Buddha, uh, your family and friends in need, you show up and volunteer. Those of you who are volunteering right now for the election or volunteering for environmental justice or racial justice, social justice, that's dana. And there's a joy in generosity and giving, um, just being there for a neighbor or a relative that's not well. So these are uh, beautiful energies that we can share in and, and reflect on as a way to cultivate joy. So,
2: um,
1: Somebody once asked the Dalai Lama um, what what is the direct way to happiness, not liberation, happiness. Right. And he said, affection and warm heartedness, affection and warm heartedness. So another way that we cultivate joy is in uh, gratitude. And mudita is and gratitude go together. And really being grateful for everything that's going on, reflecting on it, keeps us from falling into greed and aversion, right? What we don't have and being angry about what we don't have. And again, we're cultivating the calm and ease because as the mind settles more and more into itself, there's that natural concentration mind, again, that leads to insight. Um, And, uh, The main cause of freedom is happiness. This is a quote from one of the Tibetan teachers. The main cause of freedom is happiness, allowing ourselves to have this ease in difficult times. So we're orienting the mind in the right direction uh, to bring it into tranquility and tranquility as a skillful state. We're allowed to have it right now, even in the midst of everything that is going on. So um, I just wanna say a few more things and then we'll do a practice together, okay? So uh, there is a near enemy of mudita and that is over exuberance or elation. So that's kind of when something good happens, and the mind grabs onto it, and you start telling a story, and your energy goes way up, and you you know projecting a future. And um, a good example of exuberance and elation is those of us in the dating world. I'm not in the dating world, but I have been <laughs> many decades ago, and uh, you know you meet someone and you think it's a good match, and you're planning a wedding, right? That would be called over-exuberance and elation. Or you take a job and you're projecting yourself being CEO, you know, five years from now or how great that job is going to be. You know, so the mind grabs it and starts to tell a story and you get a little inflated. I like to say in those moments, I like to say to myself, you know, what goes up must come down. <laughs> you know, if you're going way up, you're going to, uh, Expect the journey to go, the ride to go way down. But the other one, the far enemy is um, envy. And this is why people don't like mudita practice. That we have sometimes a tendency that if someone is happy or getting what we want and we're not getting it, that it takes away from our happiness uh, and can make us feel less than. And envy is such a concentrated, difficult state. It's very quite unpleasant, and um, so so we need to kind of reflect on the impact of envy. And mudita practice really helps us break through that envy. So um, we will. Um, I'm looking to see if I said everything that I wanted to say on Mudita. Yeah. Yeah. So, gratitude for the small things, cultivating joy for the sweet things, whether it's a hobby or a friend or a grandchild, a relative, a sibling, um, spending time in nature and appreciating it, a good meal, good music you know, um, yes, you can enjoy the sense pleasures, we just can't cling, we can't grasp or cling, that's where we get in trouble. And we'll do a formal practice um, of mudita so you can have a taste of it and I'll guide you through. Um, But what I want to do is have you take a stretch break right now before we we do the practice again. So feel free to stand up, stretch, move for a moment or two. Okay.
2: So, um,
1: so in mudita practice, there is either a repetition of phrases or a feeling of radiating the feeling just sending that energy out and you can choose to do either one now not everybody loves brahma Vihara practice so if there's a part of you that's going oh no not this practice again just send that part of you some loving kindness and suppose give it a try because these practices can be very powerful practices and I'm going to give you an idea of some of the typical phrases that we say in mudita practice. Uh, one we one that we say is "May your happiness or may my happiness and uh, fortune continue." May my happiness and good fortune continue. I appreciate your happiness and good fortune. It's an appreciation, or I'm just happy that you're happy. So they're very simple. Phrases and I'll repeat them. And we, we do this in categories. We do it for ourselves. we do it for loved ones, right? That was, that's easy. We do it for neutral people, people we don't really know. Um, and um, we do it for the people that we're jealous of. We stretch that muscle or that we don't even like. And then we do it for all beings. Okay, and, and I'll do a variation of this practice with you today, not the whole thing. And you could do this in a very short period, in a very, in a long period. Um, but um, one thing that does come up with Mudita practice is that uh, when we're doing mudita for people who are suffering or all beings, how are we appreciating their happiness? Maybe they're not happy. Or if you look at social justice issues, aren't we just crossing over the fact that so many people are struggling and suffering right now with food insecurity and all sorts of you know, unemployment, illness, you, know, you name it, right? Um, people have just lost their homes in fires. But what you want to focus on in Mudita practice is that in your lifetime, if you're struggling right now, you have been happy. There have been moments of joy and happiness. And that's what we want to tune into, you know, those moments of joy and happiness and with a wish that those moments increase for that person. They have had joy and happiness. So we think about it. In that way, I know it's a bit of a stretch right but but that's the way we think about it. Does anybody have a question before we start this practice. Anybody want to ask a question. All right, so Uh, Coming to a comfortable posture, you can close your eyes or have a soft gaze. You're also welcome to lay down for a bit if you like, although we won't be doing this very long, Uh, but make yourself comfortable. And I'd like you to call up someone in your life uh, that um, that you really care for and love, a loved one and holding this person in your mind's eye, either sensing or feeling this person or visualizing this person, and sending them feelings, the wish for their joy and their happiness. And you can silently repeat the phrases, you could repeat after me, or just radiate this wish for them to feel joy and happiness. May your joy, may your happiness, may good fortune continue.
2: May your joy and happiness increase. I'm happy for your joy and happiness.
1: I appreciate your happiness and good fortune. And letting that person seed from your mind's eye into the background of awareness and bringing yourself into the picture. And if you like, you can place your hand on your heart or your belly, if that's helpful. May my happiness and joy, may my fortune, my good fortune continue. May my happiness, joy, and good fortune increase. May I appreciate my happiness and good fortune. I'm bringing to mind when you have a moment, you can let go of the feelings of self and expand to People around you that you don't notice much. Maybe they're gardeners who are working outdoors or grocery workers or people in restaurants. The people who go by and we barely notice. It could be other people in cars driving, neighbors you don't know. Any groups that come to mind that don't get noticed too much and holding this group in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. May your happiness, joy,
2: good fortune continue. I appreciate
1: and wish your happiness and good fortune increase. I care about your happiness. And I'm happy for your happiness. And expanding the circle even a bit more to a difficult person or someone you're envious of. Maybe not choosing the most difficult person, but a difficult person. And holding this person in your mind's eye.
2: May your happiness, your joy, and fortune continue. I appreciate your happiness and joy. I'm happy that you are happy
1: and have good fortune.
2: Just noticing how you're feeling
1: right now and what the impact of this intention has on your body and mind. Giving yourself some loving kindness for what's difficult. And we'll expand our circle to include all beings. Everywhere, all sentient beings. May all beings All sentient beings, may all beings have happiness and may their happiness and joy continue. May they experience joy and happiness in their life for all beings. For all beings, I'm happy for your happiness and may your happiness increase. And may good fortune expand and continue. May all beings everywhere unconditionally be free of suffering. So slowly you can open your eyes, bring yourself back into the Zoom room, as we say. It would be nice to say one day back into the room. (laughs) So would anybody uh, in the time we have left share what this experience was like or how your feelings about Mudita or if you have a question, now would be a time just unmute yourself and, and share. Ah, Michelle.
2: Hi,
0: well, I just wanted to, first of all, thank you very much for your uh, your share today. I really appreciate everything that you're, you're, it's very timely, it's very timely. It's good to see everyone. I just wanted to say that I appreciated it when you said not the most difficult person because
1: I was trying to do it for the difficult person we're all dealing with right now. <laughs> And then I I couldn't I just couldn't. And so then what I did was I I instead went to my neighbors and I am surrounded by very those kind of people my whole everybody. And so I was able to because prior to everything going on. I loved them very much. And now I'm not feeling all that love. So I really appreciated you saying not the most difficult people person but and and so I was able to do it with them. Um, That's helpful because my heart hurts a lot about this whole situation so thank you it's very helpful the whole practice thank you yeah you know um with you because it's so hard right now there are people and many of us could um could could are experiencing this that people we have gotten along with and very happy and love neighbors and now we're more um split and but that doesn't mean your heart has to split. <laughs> it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Thank you for bringing that up. Anyone else share about their experience or a question they have?
0: Kate. Hi, thanks Wendy. Um I have kind of a question. I think a lot of the anxiety that I have in life right now is worried about future suffering. You know, um And that one's really tricky because it takes a lot of compassion today to do what I need to do to help there be less suffering in the future. But it seems like future-oriented thinking is like not so Buddhist. (laughs) And so when you say it is hard to think about, you know, how do you send mudita to people that you know are suffering, what does that look like? And I think that 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 difficulty is something I want to explore more because it's the kind of the same difficulty that I have about thinking about people's future suffering.
1: Well, mudita is probably the least favorite and most difficult brahma vahara. You know, I think equanimity people are much easier. Let's practice. Let's skip mudita, right? But um So, yes, this is really a challenge, especially for, you know, if you're a mom of young kids and right, you you want to know, well, all of us who are moms, we want our children and our grandchildren, we want to know our niece. And if you're not a mom, your nieces, your nephew, your loved one, your neighbor, your community, the children of of our country and world, we, we worry for their future. We worry for them. Our hearts ache. In environmental crisis and pandemic and education, I mean, in everything, the election. So, again, it's about it's so hard to grasp that the Buddha talked about skillful states, turning to skillful states that um, no matter how hard we worry or think about the future, um, we are not changing it with anxiety and tension. So, Yes, activism is super important right now. Um, I just send so much appreciative joy, loving kindness to all my friends that I know are doing great activism right now and showing up. Um, And to the ones that I don't is so important. But you can do what you can do to help the future without... Clinging and attachment to the outcome of the future. We can't control the outcome. We can't. So we let go as best as we can of the grasping, the clinging mind, the mind that wants it different from the way it is, because it's already here.
0: Very hard to do. These are difficult. Yes, Kate. So is, M- is mudita really, really always very present focused? because because If you can't have an attachment to the future non-suffering of someone and you're not going to sort of cultivate the sense of sympathetic joy For the joy someone will experience in the future because you can't know that that will happen. So you can't be attached You really it has to really reside in the now all of the brahma Viharas are
1: really in the now and they are not in the future Um, and the reason why is we can't control the future right the future is a construct anything beyond this moment is um, imagination in truth Right, we don't know what's going to happen in the next moment. And lately, in 2020, the next moment is very shocking. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you just you—it's—it's it's like one thing happens in 2020, and then you think, okay, that was big, and then another thing happens. Right? So yeah, it's always in the present. Um, and when you're sending joy to people who are going through difficulty, like I think of so many people lost their homes from fire, they have had joy. A lot of them, they're interviewing, so many of them said, I loved my home, and it was a beautiful home in the forest, in the woods, and I was, well, that's, appreciate. I, I have joy for the joy, you know, that you have experienced, and I wish you more. In a way, you are moving it forward, but you're moving it without clinging and attachment. You know, we do, I don't have a, a wand to make it, windy with the wand, I used to say, right, I haven't got the wand. Anybody else comment, question, experience? Karen. So I have a question, just based on what you were saying. So, in in Rudita practice, then I can. Um, how can I say this? I can I can do the prayer, but I can still recognize a person who maybe is very, very difficult for me to get along with or has completely different views from me as somebody who would be maybe a detractor from my own path. In other words, it doesn't mean I have to move into some sort of contrived version of myself to make them happy. I'm just sending them a prayer. And hopefully meaning it. Well, I'm with you. You know, several times this week in the work I do, I talk to a lot of people all week long. And um, I'm really having this beautiful empathic connection. And I really care. And I'm with someone in the role of, you know, counselor, therapist, right? And then they say something that goes against my political view with vehemence, you know? And now I'm left with what, right? Like, is the empathic connection broken? Can I not do my job? Can I not be there for this person? And this is where uh, the Brahmavaharas really help because um, Buddhism helps us hold the world with an open heart, unconditional regard, a wish for no harm even for those that don't wish us well and aren't maybe aligned with us. And that's a hard one. But in my heart of hearts, I get why it's important to cultivate. And that doesn't mean that I won't work for and fight for what I think is right. You know? And actually this week I said something to one of them that you know I felt, I got, I felt offended And I said, well, when you said that, what hurt for me was, I felt a little hurt because I experienced blah, blah, blah. And I actually asserted that I had an opposite belief, but I did it in a loving, kind way in hopes it will sink in. So yeah, very challenging. Anthony.
3: Um, I actually uh, a couple weekends ago uh, had a friend over And uh, we had totally different political views and we were up till 2.30 in the morning uh, discussing our differences. And one thing that I realized is that uh, we're hearing totally different news. You know, the conclusions that he's coming to are, are rock solid based on the facts that he hears. And the conclusions that I come to are based on the facts that I hear, so we're hearing alternative facts, and I think it's making the world very difficult to communicate um, because we're not even starting out with the same facts, so we had to argue about the facts to to uh, even try to get close uh, on opinions um, and what Kate was saying I think is is uh was very interesting because, you know, from a Buddhist perspective, the only thing that exists is the present moment. And so everything has to be, even planning for the future is something in the present, nothing else exists. And I found in my life that uh, the times that I've suffered the most is when I've allowed myself to hold on to something and let a feeling turn into a mood. Uh, a feeling turns into a mood supported by branching thoughts. You know, this, you have this thought, then that leads to the next thought, leads to the next thought, leads to the next thought. And all of that is a feeling in the body. And I i uh, realize that the Brahma Vaharas are are basically balancing out the thoughts um, another way of doing it from a zen perspective is let go of all the thoughts as thought succeeds thought let go of all of them and when you do that you, i think you come to a similar balanced place uh, maybe throughout the day you're saying a mantra or you're doing a keto uh, you're basically chanting a mantra or you're basically using the diamond sword to cut off thoughts and stay in the present moment and not allowing.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. I I, I just wanted to think, because there's a good point that you made about the mantra and the phrase. You can use the Brahma Vihara phrases like a mantra as a concentration throughout the day. Um, and I actually do that now, if I remember. So if I tell you, I feel like I'm not going to remember. <laughs> <I> don't even <laughs> want to share it with you guys. But I will use a phrase all day long to come back and drop thought, and it does work, and it is a, a form of concentration. Um, so you can, and you can even use one word. You could say happy, right?
3: Well, one other thing before okay. I, I'm off, and that is, okay. I, I just want to say thank you for being a Bodhisattva and coming from your retreat to share with us. I appreciate everything you do.
1: Thank you, Anthony. All right, I'm gonna ring us out. And those of you who want to stay in um, Dharma Cafe, please stay. If not, have a wonderful day. Um, And I take the merits of our uh, good fortune to be together, our practice, our intentions, our loving kindness, mudita, and send it to all sentient beings. May all sentient beings be peaceful, safe, and free of suffering. You have just listened to
0: a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.com.